In high school, I was on homecoming court, and after the game and the revealing of the winners was concluded, the evening would normally culminate with a homecoming dance back at the high school. When I arrived at the dance, I noticed one of my friends, and she was talking to another one of my classmates. I stopped and observed. They seemed to be in an in-depth conversation. So I decided to just continue walking and I said to myself, I'll just circle back around to speak to her when I see she's free to chat. Well, my idea clearly wasn't a good one for her and we got into a fight. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the In Right Standing Podcast, a podcast for the unique, the peculiar, and the chosen who want to live right and be in right standing with themselves, with life, and with others. I'm your host, Jada L. Cofield. Yes, you heard me correctly. We got into a fight over my decision. When I came back around to speak to her, she was not there and had left the dance. Well, the next day after school, as I was walking through the cafeteria, I started to say hello. And the next thing I know, she was yelling at me and telling everyone how I wasn't nothing. I'm not who people think I am. And just this barrage of accusations being hurled my way. You can imagine, I was in shock and now in fight or flight mode because before I knew it, we were face to face and we were about to come to blows. Luckily, my best friend was there and he literally picked me up and carried me out. The assistant principal saw the whole thing as well and took both of us in the office. Shayna was livid. I was in complete shock because I was confused to how all of this happened and why. Not to mention, I was embarrassed because I was yelling with her. And I was at the time the president of the peer mediation program at the school. I was responsible for mediating many fights and stopping a few stabbings. And now here I am in the middle of one. Just wait till this word gets out. The principal let us speak. And I said, Shayna, what is your problem? I thought we were friends. What? happen and she was like Jada I know you're not my friend anymore and I said how do you know that and she was like because I was at the dance Saturday night and you saw me and didn't speak to me oh Shayna I, I didn't speak to you because I noticed you were having a conversation with one of our classmates and I didn't want to be rude and interrupt. I was just going to come back and speak to you. But when I did, you had left. It was never personal. There are so many layers to this interaction that Shana and I had. I've had scenarios like this transpire even now as a grown woman with other women and, and people a situation where my relational intelligence was challenged and my excellence was questioning my credibility. 
Credibility key number one, your excellence will sometimes challenge your credibility. Yes, even when you make the right decision, it still may offend or hurt another. I didn't do what I did to hurt Shayna. I made my decision out of respect. Didn't want to act like, oh, she has to talk to me now or acting important and impertinent (laughs) because I was on homecoming court. But she saw it differently. And she's actually entitled to how she saw it, but she was not entitled to punish me for her interpretation of what she saw and how it made her feel. People are often going to do things that we just don't like or understand, and that is okay. But when we don't when we don't inquire or seek out the understanding from the Holy Spirit or the person, and we react according to our pain or perceived feelings, we leave ourselves open for anger, unforgiveness, rage, and emotional instability. I was uh, attending a homegoing service and I was sitting in the back and I was sitting by the family member of the person who had given the eulogy and I knew personally. As the funeral procession was walking out, the person I knew didn't look my way and did not acknowledge me or the family member I was with. Well, almost a year later, I kept that in the back of my head and it would make me feel some type of way about it and the person. I shared with another person who knows both of us and they said, I don't think they saw you. So I kind of let it go until something else the person did pushed the slight bruise. Ouch. And then it would start to hurt all over again. Now, let's do a little biology here. For those of you who don't know, a bruise or a contusion is a part of the body that has been damaged by trauma or drama that causes internal bleeding with no place to go and is trapped under the skin, forming a red or purplish mark that's tender ooh, to the touch. A bruise only hurts when touched. Are you hearing me? Are we together? Then I realized I was ashamed and embarrassed to tell this person I was hurt by what they did. I let my pride get in the way of me and really us. So one day while speaking with the person, I shared with them that what I felt hurt by and what I perceived through my lenses. And they said, I never saw you to even look that way. They then said, that's why I called you as soon as we got out and asked where you were, which was the truth. And they were now hurt knowing I thought they hurt me and I had been hurting that long. Just like how I felt when I found out why Shayna was hurt, it hurt me. But I literally let myself in this other situation hold that questionable moment for a year because I said to myself, I'm just going to watch and see if this is a behavior they have with me. I was not hurting anyone but myself and our growth with that very poor decision and relational unintelligence. Instead of just asking the person, hey, you know, the other day, this is what was said or happened and it made me feel this way or just knowing their previous excellence and credibility with me. 
I didn't do that because deep down I didn't want to. The word unintelligent means to be complacent or not endowed with the ability to think or reason wisely. My behavior of not seeking out a resolve and holding on to the pain was foolish. The truth is, deep down inside, I wanted to have something on the person or find something wrong. So immature, acting like a child, a spoiled brat, wounded in my wings. I was deliberately challenging this person's credibility. Credibility key number two, your excellence will be misunderstood. You will be accused of being funny, acting like you're better, arrogant, or you can add what you may have been called. I remember a few times I was so happy to meet someone and they were not happy to meet me. This happened to me at an event and a few speakers I was excited to connect with. When I went to introduce myself, there was a bit of a cold shoulder and they were not happy to meet me, even though they had heard about me too. I later found out that their issue was my credibility. They heard too much and too many favorable things and they either didn't believe it or were jealous. So they sabotaged the encounter to either get a reaction out of me or so that I would behave in a way so they could say, see, she's not all that. Unfortunately, women play these types of games. There will be people who hate your credibility. Yes, they will. And how I know is the chief cornerstone was not only rejected, he was despised simply because of who people said Jesus was. People will despise your excellence and want to discredit you. And that's okay because the beauty of a woman's credibility always stands the test of time. Credibility key number three, your excellence will evoke others to a higher standard as well. Someone is always watching you. When I was in college studying, one of my colleagues was really, for whatever reason, intimidated by my work. And in the middle of the play, she just stopped and she told the teacher, I can't act with Jada and I don't, she doesn't know what she's doing. I didn't say nothing. The teacher didn't say nothing. I let her go on a rant and I continued in my performance. Well, my final week of school, we were required to sit down with our teacher for an hour and have a personal assessment. And he said to me, I watched how you handled her and I'm very impressed. And I learned a lot from you by watching your response, which I was waiting to see. I thought he thought it was some kind of girl cat fight. And he said to me, you handled her with so much grace, and in other words, excellence, and my credibility preceded his anticipation of my response to her. Someone is always watching you, and how you handle what is being seen will build your credibility along with teaching others. Credibility key number four, excellence does not focus on everything. You've heard me say this before. One of my mentors said to me, if you walk in a room and you know everything and everybody's thoughts and feelings towards you, you, my friend, are too low. Not the room, but you. Chickens peck, 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 walk, walk, walk. 
and have ground understanding. Eagles soar and have revelatory perspective. They have sharp eyesight but cannot see petty ground issues. Your ability to walk in excellence and not entertain or be aware of every low vibration in a room will also enhance your credibility. Someone is always watching how you handle adversity. We have a whole Bible and story of Jesus who we watched handle adversity, low vibration people, and hence why we can walk in the victory today. Yes, I know some things about how people may feel about me in the same breath. I know nothing. We are called by the Father and to be used by Him and not people. Therefore, to keep my mind in a room focused on what I know about how you feel about me is very low. It's actually arrogant and immature thinking. It's not wisdom. It's it's a level of lowliness, pettiness, and unforgiveness. I shared with you earlier, I had done that before, and it leads to a very destructive path. It's petty and minute. I do not have to keep a record and I will not, but I will keep it moving. I'm talking mastermind thinking and level of being here. We don't know who doesn't like us. You should be moving at a pace that you don't even notice who doesn't like you. They should be able to throw rotten eggs and tomatoes and miss because you're moving, thinking and existing at such a pace. It's, it, it's just too fast and they can't hit you. A very well-known bishop had written an article for a popular magazine, and as the feedback and comments were coming back, he was very distraught at some of the comments, and he was sharing with the editor how he felt. And she said to him, Bishop, the people commenting and writing their dislike for what was said are not our audience. You should not be concerned. Sometimes you must realize some people are just not your audience. You build great credibility when you display the ability to move seamlessly through adversity. Credibility key number five, your credibility establishes your reputation. A few years back, I co-owned a company that won a contract to do business with the city of Atlanta. My co-owner was the person who was in contact with the city during the project. Things apparently had taken a turn for the worse and the person from the city reached out to the person who was responsible for bringing us as a contractor to the city with this, their displeasure with what was going on with the contract. Mark called me and told me the person from the city was very upset with what was happening with the contract. But at the same time, Mark seemed to be confused and frustrated with the issues the city person was having because it was conflicting with the reputation I had with Mark. But the person never mentioned my name. They mentioned the company's name. The more we spoke about the matter, Mark realized I was not working directly with the city. My co-owner was, which would explain his confusion and frustration earlier with my reputation. Mark then asked me to call the city person directly and speak with them. I did call and I then began working on the contract myself. 
To this day, the company doesn't know if it was not for my reputation with Mark and speaking with the city person to apologize and reconcile, we would never have been able to keep the contract with the city. The person from the city made that very clear when they were speaking with me. After I was able to resolve the issue with the city, Mark then asked me to come and mentor other groups for contracts and all five groups I mentored won a contract. Your credibility establishes your relationship. Mark would have never called if I never had a pre-existing relationship with him to just really find out what was going on. A lot of people, especially in Atlanta, say they help people, but what is their track record or their reputation? You can slap the word women minority, undeserved black female mentorship and women empowerment or cohort on anything. And you actually will personally get a check. You can get a check for $250,000. And then you turn around and write two checks for $5,000 and give to two women businesses and say, you help women. And these types of scams are on the rise. But I would suggest to you ladies that you start asking around, you start making phone calls and you see and you call, can I ask and can I inquire about your credibility? Credibility key number six, your credibility is established in your no. Now, what I'm about to share is or may be triggering for some. Growing up, my father said no a lot, and he gave me the courage to do the same from a very early age. When I started getting older as a little girl, my father did not like a lot of men coming to the house. He didn't want them coming through the door, uh, getting familiar with me and picking me up and, ooh, Jada, and touching me. I was not allowed to sit on any man's lap, including family members. And I didn't sit on my father's lap after a certain age. Now, in the Orthodox Jewish community, only immediate family can touch a girl child. No hugging, no kissing on the cheek, no shaking hands outside of father or brother. In our community, this would be revelatory and healing for those of you who are listening and this boundary may have never been in place. So we, I growing up, we didn't have a lot of company. We were raised if we didn't like or want something or were uncomfortable, we could say, no, thank you. Most people did not raise their children this way and people labeled us my, me and my siblings is being spoiled children or ungrateful, but my father was very strict about the food we ate and the places we went. So people would try to switch out the stuff my father brought for us to eat and they would eat it themselves or they would take stuff for themselves and they would sit there and tell us as children, you don't need this or deserve this quality of food or items. I would not accept what they would try to give me. And I would ask, can I either call my father or I would say, no, thank you. Adults would be livid with me and want to punish me because I said no. But I had favor in the sight of my parents and had a track record of excellent credibility in telling them the truth and exposing lies that often the adults were doing. 
I never got in trouble for saying no to an adult. So for me, I know the word no with no fear. We love to say we operate in an excellent spirit and you don't have a no. Please read Daniel again, my friend. He said no to their food, no to their way, no to their adornment. You cannot operate in excellence and produce credibility if you don't have a no in your no or no. An excellent spirit is not what you drive or house size or, oh, I speak to everyone or put on a grand event. That's not the totality of what an excellent spirit is. That's a spirit of excellence, but not an excellent spirit. I have the names and numbers of a multimillionaire and a well-known billionaire in my phone. They know me by name and neither one of them drives a luxury vehicle. One drives a Toyota and the other a Ford. And the billionaire is known for a business of excellence. This external offering people try to present to people to suggest they are excellent based on outward appearance or presentation alone is wrong. Daniel's countenance and performance and how he operated in his revelatory knowledge was what his spirit was about, that God had given him. He refused the things that would make him look like he was excellent because he understood it's a spirit that is birthed from a no, not a yes to the world's way of doing things. And that, my friend, is not an easy path. I was at a conference in Dubai and there were about 500 people and about three black women in the whole room and maybe four of the women of other colors. I was talking with one of the ladies and she was from the States as well. And we were talking about being in the positions and balancing work life and being in the field of work we were in. I suggested a book to her at the time of another successful CEO. And she said, no, she didn't want to read the book because she didn't ascribe to the theos the woman in the book had and that she believed her path was different. At first, I was like, who she thinks she is? <laughs> but I immediately had the utmost respect for her opinion and understanding what she needed. She asked for my help. I made my suggestion and she didn't want it. She has every right to do that. She said no right there in my face. And then we went on to have lunch. She can do that. And the credibility that woman has with me to this day is because of that moment. And besides the fact we were the only three women in the room, she obviously was doing something right. I end with this. Every winter, the largest group of bald American eagles descends upon Alaska. Of all the elements and animals, can you guess which animal is the biggest threat to the year-old bald eagle? A year-old bald eagle's biggest threat is another, older, female bald eagle. If the year-old bald eagle cannot fight off the older female eagle to secure its food, it will die. The same for a baby lion cub. Its biggest threat is an older lion from the pride. Most cubs and bald eagles don't make it in their first year due to a fellow species of its own kind. Let's always consider as a woman how we handle one another, especially if you are an older woman dealing with the younger woman. 
This is a this is relational intelligence and this is the excellence you need to give you credibility. Psalms 41, 11 through 12, I know that you are pleased with me, God, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. Listen, ladies, things happen between us. And I think the more honest we are about it, the better we can heal from it. Women do things that can be very catty. It can be very petty. A lot of it we've learned from other women that we grew up. We either learned the right thing to do or we learned the wrong thing to do. And the truth is it has a lot to do with our relational intelligence. It does spill over into our other relationships and it will. I've heard women say, well, I don't get along with women, but I get along with men. Huh? No, that catty pettiness, unforgiveness will eventually spill over to in a relationship with a man. Some women have challenges in relationships with just staying in a relationship with a man because you really, you have relational unintelligence. You don't know how to forgive. You don't know how to let go. Everything is petty. Everything he says, it hurts me. You know, sometimes even for women, if you're not used to a voice of authority, you can hear it very differently. You know, I'll, I'll even, I'll share this and this one is not in my notes, but I know she's okay with it. Um, my mother didn't uh, grow up with a father. He was there briefly. And unfortunately he, um, he just, he had to leave. And um, so when she was visiting her uncle and aunt in Pittsburgh, she was around 13 years old and she was given, she was helping prepare dinner and she was given a knife to prepare dinner, to peel the potatoes. And as she was peeling the potato, she was really struggling because she'd never peeled a potato with a knife before. She'd always used a potato peeler. So she really just had a disposition and an attitude. And she got an attitude with my uncle and just when he gave her the knife and was like, who peels a potato with a knife anyway? And so my uncle took a deep breath and he got up from where he was sitting and he walked over and he said, young lady, let me show you how to do it. And so he showed her how to peel the, peel the potato. But my mother will often, she tells the story that in that moment, she had such an attitude with my uncle um, because she'd never had a male voice in her ear. She never had anybody correct her. She never had anybody show her the right way. And one of the things that I remember my mom saying that she admired the most about me is that she said, this is in my adult life, this was like maybe a year or two ago, she said, you know the voice of a male. And it is a sound. It is, I, and what I mean by that is authority is a sound correction. And you do have a lot of women, and I'm saying this from those that I meet and I talk to, um, you guys, some of you just don't like to be told what to do. And I cannot see you being that obedient to Christ when you really can't, you really just don't want to hear from God. You you don't want to hear from a, from a man because he's kind of the first, male authority is the first example 
of hearing a male's voice and hearing leadership. And so it does translate into your private time with God. And so then we have this, you have a lot of women who are very arrogant about what they have and what they have accomplished. And, but nobody can tell you anything. Nobody can say to you, you really have a bad attitude. Nobody can say to you, 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 you just don't like her or you're jealous of her. And I mean, I just have, I have so many, I have so many stories. I can, I can think of another story of someone at the time was my best friend. And I'm really, I'm completely off script, but I know, and I'm not necessarily off script. It's just things that I just kind of took out that I want to share with you because this is dear to my heart, especially when it comes to matters of the heart with women. We walk around and we act like, oh, well, that didn't hurt me or I'm okay. And we just have these undercuts with each other. And, and I know it, I know it, and I know it well because, I, and I thank God that I had a mother that would say to me, no, I think that's you, or let's look at it a different way that I could come to and say, you know, I'm really hurt. And then I never saw my mom. I didn't see her mistreat other women. I didn't see her be nasty or catty. I, um, and, or, or even like my aunt I, and my grandmother. My grandmother talked to her sister um, every day of her life. They never fought. They're, they're, that just wasn't, oh, I'm not speaking to Carol. I'm not speaking to Cab. That was just really something I never saw that. So this, it actually hurts me a lot when I see that happen because I don't know it. And it, it just really kind of throws me off my rocker when it, when it starts. You know, my mom and I, I had my teenage issues with her and we kind of went at it, which is that normal space. But my mom and I, we don't fight. We don't argue. We don't dislike each other. But anyway, I'm not going to put any of this in there. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the In Right Standing Podcast, a podcast for the unique, the peculiar, the chosen, and those who want to be excellent and walk in great credibility. Until next time, the Lord be with you. Bye! <laughs>